Welcome to Cauldron of Worlds. Episode 3, Crafting History. Well, welcome back to Cauldron Worlds. I'm Chad Corey, and we're going to do something a little bit different this time for this particular episode. As you may or may not be aware, we previously were using more of a scripted format for the episodes. Uh, the idea being that having something more structured and more kind of edited and finite, and so to speak, as far as pages and timeline and stuff would be a better way to move forward and putting forward the basic information for each individual episode. And I've been finding now that, that while that's maybe a good idea, I don't necessarily know if that's something I can keep doing in the foreseeable future since it takes time to put everything down on paper rather than having me just talk to you about it more in a conversational style. And then I have also have other commitments and things that I are finding myself getting ramped up more and more now of late. And so it's more challenging for me to kind of keep things moving forward with writing scripts, editing scripts, and recording stuff. It's a lot easier for me to kind of sit down and just explain what's on my mind, basically, and present it in such a way that is still bite-sized and informative. It may be more beneficial because it's more conversational, less, less me reading off of a script, for lack of a better term. So we'll see how it goes for the next few episodes here. Certainly give me an email or drop me a comment at uh, cauldron at chadcorey.com and let me know if you think it's good or bad or any other things you think might be good to make it better or improve it, and uh, we'll kind of go from there. Otherwise, this is kind of what we'll do for this particular episode, and we are continuing the macro-to-micro approach to world building. That is, we're going from the massively large, as big as you can get, all the way down to the most minute level of world building. And so far, we've discussed and talked about things in episode one and two, which I think would be of a benefit if you haven't checked it out yet to go in and, and do that yourself. And now we're getting into more of what I like to do a lot of times, which is crafting history. And this is where I think some people get a little bit maybe intimidated or just maybe a little overboard, I guess, on the other side of the coin. It's not really as complicated as what you might think. And what I'm going to share today is hopefully some uh, useful tips and tactics you can use to kind of make it more bite-sized and manageable and also more applicable to what you're looking to do. And again, I preface all this by saying that I'm not going to be able to be able to give you precise and just you know on the nose information for everything that you're looking to do for your particular world setting. But again, keep in mind that we're looking at this from a general perspective, but also keep in mind what you want to accomplish with your world setting as we mentioned previous in previous episodes. What is the end result of this? We're we talking, you know, comic books, movies, books, different formats for media, games, things of that nature. So that'll help kind of inform how much history you need to have and kind of how you want to use it in your world setting. And in the beginning stages of world creation, you're probably not going to have a very in-depth, precise, informational, encyclopedic background of the history you want to incorporate into your world setting, but you'll probably have a rough overview of some high points and some various aspects you want to incorporate at least for an overall timeline. And that's why I recommend uh, to start out in general. That's what I do myself when I create world settings, is you have kind of an overview, a, a rough spine, for lack of a better word, that gets you from point A to point B. Again, how long that spine is really depends on how much history you want to have and make use of. And that will determine also how many bite-sized pieces you can break it into and create for those various segments. 
But a good good rule of thumb is to just start with the present day and begin to think, okay, what what is going on right now in this present situation or wherever it is I'm going to introduce people to the world setting? What's going on in the modern, quote, modern age, okay? And then from there, work your way backward. What are some elements that need to be established in order for this to work? And where do all this, where does all this come from? So kind of getting back into the classic thought of, you know, the first beginnings and things like that. How did this happen? Why did this happen? That'll kind of work you back in one direction. And then also, on the other hand, think about how far back you want to go. Because necessarily, you don't have to have everything fleshed out and crystal clear from the beginning. There can be a lot of nebulous stuff. There can be lost history that you can allow yourself the privilege of having like an open space you can fill in later as as time and story dictates. And that's always something of a benefit to people too who don't want to necessarily do a lot of history. You can just say, oh, this might happen, this might happen, this might not happen. And then by doing that, you also allow the opportunity to maybe have some people have incorrect understanding of the history. And so you can easily contradict what you previously might have thought was the case and kind of get off the hook because you can say, oh, you just didn't know. You just, you were confused. And then you have a little twist in there why why there was some confusion and misunderstanding in history, and that, that can lend itself well to doing stories and things as well. But getting back to what I said, basically, yes, get, get those two sides of the spectrum there, kind of where everything is now, and then kind of why everything, at least in a nutshell, got to where it is presently. And if you really want to go the extra mile, begin plotting some things where you want to see the story develop in the future, and how that's going to affect the history as things go forward as well. And that also can be worked back and give you some plot points and some ideas to kind of flesh out and figure out as well. And then once you got that rough idea in place, what I typically do, and I think it's a great thing for anyone to do, again, it's up to you what you decide to do for your project here, but I kind of break the timeline into various segments. The further back I go, I get into larger chunks of time and I get more generic in how I present the information. And as I get closer to the modern time or whatever the age is that you're introducing to people for that particular world setting is I will get a little bit more precise with the larger, you know, the, the chunks getting the smaller segments of time and then getting more precise in what is being shared, maybe even adding some more specific timelines and dates put into the uh, write-up as well for those segments. So it's getting more precise, more for lack of a better word, I guess, established that you can tie into and tap into for the, the current version of your story. And usually the, the numbers I use when I break those things down is for the way, way distant past. I mean, you can go longer than this, but I typically kind of do like 500-year segments of time. Not so much that it's, you know, thousands of years. If You, you know, if you want to do that, maybe your universe has been around for like millions or billions of years, and you can certainly extend that to however wide swath of time you want to do and do more of a generic general overview of what was going on. And then as you got closer to the uh, the modern time or your benchmark time, you can shorten the time frame in general. Typically, I, I do something to the effect of like 500 year, a couple 500 year segments, and then we get that down into 250 year segments of time. And then that gets broken down into 200 year segments of time and then just 100-year segments of time. And then, you know, if you really get close to the modern time, maybe you just want to take 100 years previous to that and maybe break that down even to like 10-year segments and kind of just have a more blow-by-blow kind of situational thing that gets a little bit more in-depth, a little bit more detailed, even sharing some dates and times and figures and things 
putting things in a more putting things in a more concrete footing, shall we say, for your story. And again, this is something you can elaborate on and alter and, and make whatever works works well for your particular setting. I just share what works well with me, and I've seen it. I think other people kind of do a similar approach when they try and flesh things out. It's also very handy to do if you're doing things like games or role-playing games or things like that where you don't really have to be super precise for all the things back in the quote-unquote distant time or distant past. But as you do get more upfront and more uh, to the modern time, it's good to have some names and references and time frames and more precise language being used for for things going on. The big thing that I've also done, particularly with Traladrin, and not so much with the other worlds I've made so far, but with Traladrin, what I've done is also incorporated the idea of having different ways to measure time. And that might be something you want to take advantage of as well. Because as you know, even in our own modern day Earth, there are several different ways of keeping track of years, several different ways of concepts of, you know, days, months, weeks, and things like that. We'll get into more calendar stuff in some future episodes here, but for, for the general historical side point, you know, you got the BCAD, you got the BCE, you got the CE, you got the American Constitution dating system, or I guess the Republic Constitution dating system, if you're familiar with that, that every bill that's signed or law that's made, there's always two dates given on there. There's the, the modern, you know, we'd recognize it as, you know, 2020, whatever the year is, and there's also uh, you know, so how many how many years from the date of the Republic? So that's two dating systems right there. You got the dating systems in different countries. You got dating systems back in the olden uh, days, like from the Roman Empire to the Greeks to the you know Asian countries, all over the place. They got different ways of keeping time, and that might be something you want to take advantage of as well. And it would definitely add some credibility or some believability, I guess you can say, to having a world kind of seem more unique and and um, not as cohesive in the general sense of as some fantasy settings or world settings are in general. But do be aware when you do that, it's really wise to have a common denominator as far as breaking down how these different numbering systems work and when are there you know, key points where they converge and how you can do some great conversions of things. Because if you start having several different timekeeping systems all over the place and you're trying to measure everything up and double check everything it takes some time and it can be a little confusing for you as the author or the creator and i'm just letting you know ahead of time it's wise just to figure things out ahead of time have a good conversation uh, excuse me conversion system in place where you can easily make those corrections and keep everything on on the straight and narrow because as you start adding years and doing different things you're going to start possibly seeing some slippage of years and things and some stuff not always line up. And that's what you want to do. You want to have some kind of ambiguity on that and make it seem kind of even more quote-unquote real world because no one really knows the exact date when this happens. That's great. But at some point, it would benefit you as the creator and the writer of this world system and, and, and setting to actually know when things really happened, at what time, and, and so on and so forth, just from a practical, creative standpoint. Usually history in the general sense, is created by the more dominant entity or individual of that era or of that time. So if you have like a couple different empires or one major empire, you can have a, that would usually be the major dominant force creating the establishment of the, the year system and how, the, how history is measured and things like that. And they would be setting the benchmarks for what constitutes, say, an important event or watershed moments, so on and so forth, in that, in that timeline. 
Now, obviously, if you had multiple empires vying for control of the planet or planets, whatever the case might be, you could have different timelines, different uh, chronologies, different historical accounts, and also, of course, different history-keeping methods and uh, timelines and systems. So that would be something you could kind of explore and have some benefit with as far as fleshing out and playing around with to make some more believability and uh, kind of some fun interaction and uh, conflict in a lesser sense between the different systems. But again, like I said, keep it all in perspective from the beginning. Have a good system of notes and reference material at hand so you can kind of keep yourself going in an easier direction than you would if you just kind of flew by the seat of your pants and, and tried to do it haphazardly. Of course, the other side of the coin to this would be a setting or a world that doesn't really recognize established chronology or established forms of historical record at all. Maybe it's after a great cataclysm or apocalyptic type of setting or primitive type of setting, or maybe just a place that doesn't recognize time as we know it or history as we know it. Maybe the years are completely different or the time flows differently or you know, a lot of different options there. And so that this might not necessarily be something that works for every world setting, obviously, the, the crafting of a history, but you still would need some type of a chronological progression, even if in rough thumbnail form, like I talked about earlier, to help you maintain kind of a semblance of, of progressive story or progressive development for this setting. Even if it was a series, okay, they get a little bit up and then they kind of destroy themselves and kind of have to start from the beginning again. That cycle is still important to have, just even in a thumbnail form, because it helps, like I said, keeps everything consistent and establishes the overall theme and plot and story of your, your world setting. Now, this thumbnail of your historical record is fine for most things, for most stories, for most just about anything you want to use it for. And in fact, I use the ones I have for the worlds I create quite often. It's a nice handy reference, and it's sometimes nice having a shorter kind of synopsized version of a historical account rather than getting into the more nuanced and detailed and, and specific things that come with the more refined information that gets into a larger historical account. But if you want to do that, then I would recommend that you, just like I said, begin to develop that in a cohesive and a patient manner because it will take some time to do, but also write it in such a way that it will help you, not be a hindrance to you. What do I mean by that? Find out what are the key elements that need to be put forward with the history for your world setting. I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily important to know all about the historical background of forest development or the lack thereof or animal diversity in your planet, unless it's something very important for that for that world setting. So that's probably not going to be something you're going to incorporate into the world. I don't think you need to incorporate necessarily minor minor events or local skirmishes or riots or things of that nature. Usually you want to focus on the, the major rulers or movers and shakers in that time period and then the major events, kind of hitting the high points. I'm sure there are a lot of things that go on and could go on in the history during that segment of time you record, but that's what you get the privilege of doing with writing the stories and creating the stories. You fill in those gaps. If you begin to do that for every single section of time and every single area and place and time, you're going to not really have any time to write anything or produce anything. You're going to be focused so much on the history side of things, that'll become your story. Unless you want that to become your story, unless you just want to write a bunch of histories and that's your, that's your story, okay. 
but most people want to use it as, like I said, a guideline or a reference point for doing stories or whatever, you know, games or whatever you're doing with this world setting. And for that, you just have to have a little bit more information about, like I said, the, the high points of that historical period. For example, if you go back to, like, again, Trollodrin, when, when I get into the hundred-year sections of time, which is getting to the more modern time uh, frame, what I'll do is I'll just, you know, again, focus on, you know, who was the major ruler at that time, what were their policies maybe on some elements, or some other major things that took place, whether wars or battles or things like that, was there some, you know, political intrigue going on or something that people had to know about. But basically just, just hit the high points, you know, X, Y, Z happened, this happened, and this is what was going on at the time in the general sense. Not, you know, this person was a ruler of this city here, and this was going on, and, you know, milk was $2 a gallon. Unless it's important, you know, unless the economic stuff was important in history, I just wouldn't wouldn't put in there. Just focus on the high points and focus on the major players, the major elements of that time period. And it might be beneficial, too, I'm going to back up and say when I do the, the Trelladrone history, what I've found is I get a little bit more specific. And because for those who might not know anything about Trelladrone, it's a world that has several different continents and, and islands and lands and things after a major uh, disaster struck several you know thousands of years ago. And so you have different population groups, you have different lands and things. And so I've decided to kind of take each of those population groups or lands or nations, so to speak, and have their own unique history just for them. So it's not just a generic history like I did before, like I told you about doing with the overall thumbnail history. Then we get, now we got more specific and we get into this particular group or nation and what is the high points of that people group, that nation, that area, whatever, for this section of time. And that way you can get kind of specific, but not overly specific where you have to, you know, like I said, detail every single tree and bush and, and leaf and thing like that. It's it's very helpful, I found, for doing that on this level because, again, it gives me the opportunity to have a kind of a through line for the various centuries and years and areas and such that I can kind of have. This. Not only is it consistent, but it gives me an also a, a narrative or a story I can, I can tap into from a, from a historical standpoint. But I can also take advantage of the open space provided, you know, things that aren't said. I, I can put myself in there and kind of start fooling around and maybe get some story out of that. Put some ideas and fun little encounters or, or situations that can develop because of this or that or whatever was going on at the time. It could lend itself very well into producing a, a fun standalone story or, or comic or whatever the case might be. And that's happened more than once on things going forward here. I just you find some interesting little spots in history and say, oh, that would make a really good story. Why did that happen? Kind of, there's your reason why to write a story, or this this story will explain why this happened. You know, so it gives you an opportunity again to kind of be creative and, and flesh things out on your own time and in your own way. And there'll be opportunities too that you can just leave open and let other people figure out. And that's sometimes a good thing, too. You kind of not have everything fleshed out and spelled out for people, allowing them the creative license and freedom to kind of make up their own storylines and things in their, in their mind about what, what is or isn't going to happen or has happened. And the last thing I want to comment on crafting history, too, is that it is just for your personal use. At least it is initially. I don't encourage people to go out and try and market your history to other people. In some ways, it's more fun to keep the history secret and you can use that to your own advantage and just kind of, you know, like I said, your own little private behind-the-scenes thing for your world. And then also, like I said, a through line for making stories and a connection point to the, the overall continuity of your world and world system. But there might be occasions where it might be beneficial, like in Game of Thrones and things like that, or other 
world settings or if a role-playing game is made, for instance, and people might want to know that background. So it might be kind of fun to actually take that history you know, and put it together and make it available for people to, to read, purchase, what have you. And so you can do you know, like do a lot of different things with it. But I usually would encourage people to kind of keep it, write it for yourself, write it for your own use and references. And, and don't worry about people later on trying to read it or trying to publish it. Because a lot of times you're not going to publish it unless, like I said, there's a reason why you're doing it. Like I said, the games or things like that. But in, in general, it's supposed to be a tool and a handy help reference for you to use for your world building. And the reason why I also say don't necessarily make it available is because you're going to find yourself, especially in the early years of crafting stories and the world setting, it's going to be changing all the time. You're going to alter things here and there. You're going to add things to it, take some things away. You're going to stretch some periods of time out, shorten some other periods of time. So it's very much a fluid and a living document in that sense, in that for the foreseeable future, while you're building your world setting, you're going to be, like I said, crafting and creating, twisting and pulling on it. And it's probably better just to wait until you have something final and, and solid and substantial that you know is not going to change before you even think about making it available for other people to uh, to make use of. And so I think we're going to end right there for this particular episode. Again, thank you for listening. So until next time, happy world building. This podcast is copyright Chad Corey. All rights reserved.